You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> he is the grape jelly to my peanut butter. He is the Sour Patch Kids to my popcorn. He is the man that makes everything sound sweet around here, and I'm happy to have him back. Dougaholics, rejoice. Doug Branson is back on the pod. Thank God, Doug. I missed you, buddy. I'm not a big fan of grape jelly. I kind of, I'm a little insulted that you referred to me as grape jelly. I'm not a fan of grape anything, which I've been married to my wife, Katie, producer Katie, for those who are longtime fans of the show. I've been married to her for six years now, and she brought home popsicles that were grape and cherry, and she thought that I liked grape. And I'm like, no, I that's the one thing. It's like the one fruit flavor. Now, I like grapes, but I don't like grape flavoring. I think it goes back to the Robitussin that I had as a kid, and I just don't like grape flavoring. Anyway, great to yeah, be back. Great to be back on the show. Already off and rolling, getting sidetracked, giving his takes. He's been he's been clogged up for a month. He wants to give the takes away. Uh, but you are the grape jelly, which I like to my peanut butter, and I think that's the thing that really matters. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. I'm finally glad to be back, a part of a team again. We're local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Good to have you back, Doug. I listen. Um, listen so, I listened to every show that you did. I was listening intently. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you did. I'm sure. Just kidding. That, I didn't listen well, to a one, single one of them. Well, I didn't give you a whole lot, so I appreciate all the listeners for being patient. And even if you weren't patient, then you don't have to be anymore because we're going to be daily. It's October first. It's the first of the month. We're going to be daily once again. So now I'm not lying to you. Every time I do that read, we are the daily podcast, at Liberty least weekly. Flag. Yeah, we're going to do Monday through Friday, the week daily podcast that we usually are during the NBA, NBA season, uh, regular NBA season, I should say. Um, so excited to be part of this once again. And we had Hornets Media Day to give us all the content in the world. Doug, are you ready to get into it? I am. It was a, a strangely revealing Media Day. I'll say that. I did not expect the, the candidness that we got from some of these players. A lot of content, right? First, we're going to try to break it up to last us all week. Don't want to eat the entire entree. Don't want to eat the entire meal at the beginning of the week. We're going to try to last us as long as we can. We're going to get Rick Bennell back on the podcast this week. Have to try to work that out exactly what day this week he's going to come on. But he's down to do Tuesdays with Rick or Wednesdays with Rick. We don't know what day with Rick it's going to be. But he's down to do that again. So everything is about to be right with the world. And it's going to be exactly as you remember it from last season. Um, Doug, let's get to the four pillars of the Hornets because it's what James Borrego wants us to get to. More than anything, more than anything, James Borrego wants to talk about the four key things, the, co- the four key factors that the Hornets are going to abide by this season. Uh, number one is compete. Number two is player development. Number three is develop an identity on both sides of the ball. And number four is develop winning habits. What do you think about the four pillars, Doug, that is going to be the mantra of 2019-2020? I feel like four pillars, you got to go minimum four pillars. Like if you go three pillars, that's not enough pillars. Two pillars, that's not holding up anything. Like you got to go minimum four pillars, four things that can hold up the house that is Hornets, Hornets house. And, I, you know, look, I mean, I like all of these pillars. I think I think it's interesting that the first pillar... They're great pillars. I think that it's interesting that the first pillar is compete because we know that there's going to be competition 
this year for minutes. And not just among some of these young players. We know that veterans like Marvin Williams, like Michael Kidd Gilchrist, like Nick Batum are all going to have to compete for minutes. The one guy that we know is going to get his minutes because they really kind of made a point to say so in, in this media day and ever since he saw ever since he was traded, technically, Terry Rozier. That's the only one that we know for sure is not going to be competing for minutes, but everybody else is, you know, is really going to have to take this training camp seriously. And I appreciate that that's number one on his list. Yeah, compete to me is just the vague word that I think gets lost in translation where nobody knows the true meaning of what compete really is. And we're going to go out there. We're going to compete to the highest level. We're going to compete to the best of our ability. We all know what the best of the ability is going to be with the Charlotte Hornets. It's going to be around 20 to 25 victories for them. And so when they talk about compete, they might provide some competition of who gets minutes, but compete means go out there and basically just don't mail it in. We know that we're going to lose because organizations tank, players don't, right? So we know that the players are going to try their damnedest to go out there and win a basketball game because they don't want to lose. But guess what? They're going to lose. And that's fine. So compete is great because you don't want to have a lot of young players out there that are just completely lazy. But to me, the four pillars, James Rago is going to keep implementing this. He said that he's going to say this constantly. When we had a question that he didn't love at the luncheon. It was, I guess, a couple of weeks ago now, maybe a week and a half ago. He said, does anybody have a question about the four pillars? Because I got some answers about that if you want. No, James, we don't, man. Like, we're good on the four pillars. Compete, player development. We've been sold this the last couple of years. Develop an identity. Okay, solid. That's what every coach should want to do. This is like the four pillars of coaching 101. I mean, this is this is what you read in the coaching for dummies. I, it, are these the exact first four chapters that you get in the back? basketball for dummies book that you buy at Barnes and Noble because I think it's exactly what it is introduction competition is the key to competition I mean you know I I get it but I but at the same time I think it is JB's first head coaching gig no he's not necessarily digging down into the details Walker but he but he is establishing some some things that are are going to be live or die with this new Charlotte Hornets team and, and I think it starts the clock for JB because really first year coming in, and he, he sort of alluded to this in his press conference, that you know he was getting to know his roster in year one. He was getting to know what it means to be a head coach. He was getting to know the Eastern Conference after having spent so much time analyzing the Western Conference as a member of the Spurs organization. He was really kind of learning on the job. And this year it just seems like he is more confident. He knows his team. He knows his players, and he knows what he wants to establish with this basketball team. But at the same time, Walker, I think it starts his clock because we know with Clifford, like he was very clear not only that he wanted to develop an identity, but he was very clear. He painted it on the practice court walls. What kind of things that the Hornets do, and what kind of things the Hornets do not do. He was very clear about that. And eventually, you know, he stuck very intensely and very hard to that identity. And eventually that wore off. Like players just stopped listening to that. So to me, this is step one in Borrego setting his clock that if he doesn't get this organization into winning in the box score, winning, winning in the standings in a few years, it's going to wear off for him too. 
Um, where does that leave Cody Zeller if he plans to win in the box score? Is he going to be on this team? He's off the team. The He's objective? off the team because listen, we will, you know, that no, listen, there's no develop winning habits. You know what winning habits are? Scoring things in the box score. That's what winning <laughs> habits are. You compete. Rebounds, when you, assists. Yeah, when you compete, points. you get rebounds. When you compete, you get assists. When you compete, you score points. You don't it's just funny you say you don't just, you know, you know, you don't just run up and down the court and and everyone comments on your effort. It's not you about effort. The it's about competing. <laughs> Hey, you want me back on the show, baby. I got you, Doug. You want me back on the show. This is me. It's funny if you say the details because I want the details. And he did give us a lot of that and a lot of the other things that he said. But I have a feeling that he's going to keep going back. He told us literally. I mean, he flat out said, I will keep going back to the four pillars because they have developed this shield, this word shield to hide tanking behind. And we're not rebuilding. We're having a transition. These are the four pillars. Hey, what's your main goal, right? Uh, to complete the four pillars. What would be a successful season? If we look at each of these pillars and we think that we can check each one of these things off. And I just don't want to see the facade that they're hiding behind because the media are asking questions. When we ask him in detail, he's given us a lot of enlightening stuff and I've been a fan of it. I like the answers. You mentioned the candid way that he's answered some of the questions. I like all of that, except when we get to the damn pillars. It, it's going to the word is going to lose all meaning to me. What you what did you have at the lunch? What'd you eat? At the lunch in the well, at Capitol Grill, I talked about this. I, I know you were I, just kind of referencing this again because you did listen. I didn't listen. Yeah. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> I thought you did. Uh, no, that I, was no, no I, I, had, I was joking. I don't listen. I never listen if I'm not on. I understand. I had salmon. Um, I could have had a. I could have had a cheeseburger. I could have had salmon. And I could have had a chicken breast. I went with the salmon. I thought, you know what? I tried cooking salmon a couple of times. It's just not very good. I would like to have some good salmon. So that's what I ordered. I ordered some salad, which wasn't great. They went a little heavy on the dressing, but still good enough that I ate it in its entirety. The appetizers were fried. Um, I guess it was calamari is what it was. There was a bunch of seafood on the plate, and it was very good. They took that away a little prematurely. I was still kind of picking at that appetizer plate. And then the dessert, Doug, absolutely amazing. Cheesecake creme brulee, and chocolate cake. Some of the best things I've ever put in my mouth before. Entree, salad, appetizer, dessert, the four pillars of any great meal. We have Patreon page where you can support our podcasting efforts and get more Hornets content, patreon.com slash LOH. For just a buck, you can keep our hive alive. I like that. It's new stuff. I'm refreshed. It feels great to say that stuff to you guys now. We are daily podcast once again. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being patient. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with the second segment, October 1st. We're finally here. Stay tuned. This is Locked on Hornets. But I have seen him go all That's the way up fault. to number 10. That was, is there a warning? Do we I need to get trying, out of here? Okay, here's the thing. My, I don't know if you heard, but my watch went off, and I was trying to silence it, and then I accidentally hit ping the phone, and then the phone pinged, and, and now here we are. <laughs> I'm doing my best, man. It seems like you're doing your very worst. <laughs> well, sometimes... It seems like you're, I'm actively fighting you today to move to Sometimes move my best is my worst. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. One soundbite we didn't get to was James Borrego mentioning the kind of play style that they plan to implement again this year. And I found it interesting because he tried to say some of the same stuff last year, but perhaps 
because he admitted he didn't know the roster very well. He didn't know the organization very well. Perhaps it didn't come to fruition as much as he would like. But James Borrego talked about the play style, and here he is right now. We played, you know, down the stretch, we played similar to the style you'll see us start this season. Much more uh, high-paced, uh, putting pressure on the defense consistently. Um, you know, I don't judge pace by the number that you see in the box score or as the, you know, as you look on a website, <laughs> what pace. <laughs> to me, it's about tempo, consistent pressure on the defense. Um, and, you know, I expect us to play faster, more dynamically. Our young guys running up and down the floor, putting pressure on the rim, putting pressure on the defense. And we have a, a personnel and a roster that can do that. And we're going to have to manufacture more offensive possessions through our transition offense. I listen, I don't judge pace by the number in the box score called pace. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't do that either. I judge it really by what I consider the four pillars of pace. I like to think, are you competing at a high level with your pace? Are your young players developing at a good pace? Are you developing a pace identity and also developing winning habits at pace. Those are the things that I like to judge pace on. I like I like this idea that that this team is going to look like the team that we saw in in the last month because that team was fun to watch where where Miles was starting, where Dwayne was feeling, you know, Dwayne Bacon was feeling more confident, getting to the rim much more. You know, I like I like the idea of this team getting up and down the floor, getting more offense through transition. Th- they weren't a high-paced team last year, okay, according to the numbers that JB doesn't doesn't want to want to look at, but they, they weren't a high-paced team, <laughs> but they probably will have to be. And you, you heard the word there that JB used, like manufacture offense through transition. It's just something they didn't have to do because you could run the ball up the floor a little bit more slowly and let Kimball Walker, you know, find a pick and roll that worked for him and, and get him a shot or get him going towards the rim. This year, because they don't have a lot of creators in the mold of Kemba Walker, you know, or Jeremy Lamb, they they will have to manufacture a little bit more of their offense, you know, catching the defense asleep. Terry Rozier mentioned that very thing. He was asked, "What do you think you can bring to this team the most? What is something you've talked about uh, or talked with James Borrego about, and the biggest thing you're going to be able to help with?" And he said, "Push the pace." He helped. He said he's going to help with transition and actually pushing the offensive possessions at a little bit uh, faster faster pace. So Terry Rozier talking about that. You mentioned Dwayne Bacon, Doug. I fall in love easily. feel like that happens to me quite a bit. I fell in love with Malik Monk in college strictly based on his play. I actually like Malik Monk's personality, but Malik Monk, you guys know this. Everybody knows this. I so very badly want him to be good. We'll talk about Malik Monk later on in this week because we got a lot of content to get to. Malik Monk just doesn't happen to be scheduled for today, but we all know that I love Malik Monk. I am falling in love with his other player that he was drafted alongside in the second round. His name is Dwayne Bacon. Uh, James Borrego has been emphatic that Dwayne Bacon is going to be a very important part of the Charlotte Hornets this season. VIP. That the Hornets, he, he's going to be very someone important that part. a huge factor this season. Uh, what, Dwayne Baker, uh, what Dwayne Bacon is going to be. Here's uh, Dwayne Bacon on the emphasis of defense that James Borrego has really talked about in the past couple of times that we've heard him. Here's Dwayne Bacon's take on the defense. I feel like last year, towards the end of the year when I was playing, you know, I was guarding some of the best players night after night um, from Bradley Bill, Jimmy Butler. Um, so um, it's definitely, it's gonna be a tough task, but that's what you gotta do if you wanna be the best player. And uh, that's what I wanna do. I wanna keep striving to be the best I can be 
And uh, and and if that's the opportunity that I have in front of me, I'm I'm willing to take it. It's funny he mentions Bradley Beal, Doug. Right? I mean, the what play. is the one play we talk about that isn't really sexy? It doesn't really show up in the box score. Thank sexy you. Sexy to me. But you look at him mention Bradley Beal immediately. One of the first things, in fact, maybe it was the very first thing that I think we all got excited about with Dwayne Bacon as far as a big play, a big moment that we remember. It's a very close game against Washington. Bradley Beal driving baseline, and there's Dwayne Bacon suffocating him to where eventually he loses the ball. It's a turnover, I believe, that he creates with Bradley Beal trying to go towards the basket. Maybe it's it's a very contested shot that kind of it's a attempted shot, but Dwayne Bacon kind of gets a hand on it, and it looks kind of like a half turnover, half really bad shot that he took. I mean, Dwayne did an excellent job, and then he mentions even Jimmy Butler there guarding some of the opposing uh, best wing scorers. Dwayne Bacon's defense, it certainly looks like it's going to go up this year after you know he's got the body to be a two-way player. Yeah, exactly. Well, you just nailed it. He has the body. It's been focus and awareness and coming up in big moments where Dwayne Bacon sometimes gets beat off the spot. Sometimes Dwayne Bacon doesn't know what spot to be in. That's been his issue in the past, and it seems like the focus now for Dwayne Bacon is to be a a force on the defensive end like he was in that Wizards game. That was a game-saving moment. That was a narrative moment for Dwayne Bacon. And as much as we like to focus on the macro of stats and like what has a guy done over 10 games, what's a guy done over the season, those narrative moments matter to a, to a player's trajectory and a player's uh, – the, the way that a coach sees a player. I, I mean, I think that was huge for Dwayne Bacon in a lot of ways. I can't count one single narrative moment that Nick Batum has had over the past two years, and I think it affects not only how the coach sees you, but also how the fans perceive you. Are you a player that can be counted on in big moments on either end of the floor? But Dwayne Bacon's going to be trusted on offense. He has to also be trusted on defense because you've heard JB now say it over and over. They are prioritizing two-way play Bay B. It's funny you bring up the narrative moments because Dwayne Bacon, it's funny because we kept bringing that play up. And I think a lot of people recognized its significance, but Dwayne Bacon, the fact that he goes to Bradley Beal, he didn't bring up that play, but he brought up defending Bradley Beal and how important that was to him and how much confidence that gave him. The one thing I love about Dwayne, I've, I've probably said this a million times on the show as well, watching slash listening to him grow up, man, it's been a lot of fun. Having him interview with us right after he got drafted with the Charlotte Hornets, it was an awful interview, Doug. It was awful. I mean, it was one of the worst interviews. And that happens with rookies. I remember interviewing a couple of Carolina Panthers. Star Latule is maybe the worst of all time. Vernon Butler, man, he's pushing Star Latule for the worst of all time. You know, you get a lot of bad... Devontae Graham, my God. Devontae Graham was really awful, and that was a bad connection. But you get that a lot from rookies, and that makes a lot of sense because they're really young, and you hear them grow up. Dwayne Bacon was one of those guys. But, man, Dwayne Bacon has done such a good job of articulating and being candid with us. A lot of these guys get the personality coached out of them to not give us any content whatsoever. And when Dwayne Bacon does so, he's giving us content. He's giving us a door open into what he actually thinks, right, about Greensboro. He says he likes playing basketball down with the Swarm because he wasn't getting any minutes with the NBA franchise. For him to articulate some of the things that he saw at the end of last season, I I just I love listening and watching Dwayne Bacon grow up, and it's part of the reason that I am falling in love with him. Let's get to that Greensboro thing real quickly. 
And what's funny to see so many players deem going to the G League as a punishment. Doug, Dwayne Bacon does not think of going to the of going to Greensboro as a punishment. In not fact, anymore. He said he wanted to. No, he doesn't. Well, and I don't know if he did then. Let's hear what Dwayne Bacon has to say about uh, the Greensboro Swarm. Yes, yeah, so uh, someone asked him what the difference uh, really was between his, his first year with Clifford going to the G League and then this, this past year. My first year, I, I couldn't even go to the G League. Like, I played four games in the G League. They wouldn't let me go down. He, he, he always thought it was best for me to, you know, stay up and just watch and learn and work out, stay up, watch and learn and work out. And then I had kind of a shift change last year when I could go down there and play. And like the first time they told me I can go play, I wasn't playing up here. So I was like, man, can I go back down there and play again? Like, can I go play again? Like, I just, I just love playing. Like, it's, it's whatever. I don't care where it's at, as long as I'm playing. So, I mean, I, I don't look at it as people, you know, just didn't miss what I could do. It's just, they, they wasn't sure, I feel like. Um, and after you seen me, my end of the year last year, I feel like a lot more people are sure, but still have questions. So, you know, with a full year of me exploring what I can do, showing people what I can really do, then they'll get the picture by next year. I won't have any, any doubters, questions. You'll see. You'll see. Doug, this lines up with everything we saw on the Hornets' social media account. Oh, you'll see. Dwayne. Dwayne Bacon even said in the time that he was up at the podium, he said that he was here pretty much all offseason. You'll all see. That he was see. here in Charlotte. He was saying that he was trying to bring as many possible people as he could to the gym. And we talked about this a little bit in August and even a little bit in July, that the Hornets social media account would always post a picture of Dwayne Bacon working out. You would see a lot of Devontae Graham. You would see a lot of Miles Bridges. You would see a lot of P.J. Washington. The lack of Malik Monk had people criticizing him for doing so. But Dwayne Bacon was always there. And then Dwayne comes out and says, I was here the entire time. I constantly tried to bring as many people as I could to the gym. You heard him there say, all I want to do is play basketball, where it doesn't seem like a front to me at all. He wants to ball, Doug. That's all yeah. he wants to do. He wants to play basketball as badly as anybody on that team. And real quickly, everybody loves basketball that's in the NBA, right? Like maybe, maybe there's some people that don't like it and they're just really good at it. And I get all of that and I don't even blame them because it gets tiresome sometime. But, but Dwayne Bacon seems to genuinely love the game as much as anybody that I've heard go to that podium on the few media days that I've covered. Well, there's probably a small selection of NBA players that are just really good at basketball and don't actually love the game. And then there's probably a large majority of players who love the game and love playing basketball. And then there's probably 10 to 15% of players that live and breathe the game. They go to bed thinking about the game. They wake up thinking about the game. I think Kimball Walker is somebody that you would put into that top echelon of players who just live and breathe basketball. And I think we can confidently put Dwayne Bacon in that echelon as well. But what's really interesting to me about this clip is that it kind of gives you an inside look from a young player on the difference in the Clifford era of player development and the JB era of player development. Dwayne Bacon basically telling you, look, I wanted to I wanted to play, and yet Steve Clifford saying, hey, this Dwayne Bacon guy can be a starter in this league, and then he, he was just 
riding the pine and looking at the action and just sitting and learning. And that frustrated Dwayne Bacon. It's like, wait a minute, coach, you're saying that I have the body that I have, that I, that I can start in this league. And yet you're sitting me down. There was a, there was a, uh, a, a cognitive dissonance there with those two things happening. And then JB comes along and says, yeah, I think you can be a starter too, but why don't you go down and play in the G league for a while while we have these veterans and your time will come. And that's something that apparently Dwayne Bacon could understand a little bit better. That fit his personality seemingly more, and he really enjoyed his time in the G League. But now it sounds like no more G League for Dwayne Bacon. He's ready to play, play a lot, and, and be a big-time uh, role player for the Charlotte Hornets basketball team. He was asked, James Borrego was asked that specific question at the luncheon was, Dwayne Bacon, is he going to go back to the G League? And Borrego was like, oh, Dwayne? No. <laughs> He's going to be a significant part of the Hornets franchise and and staying up here. And to me, maybe real quickly, you look at Steve Clifford saying, go ahead and sit down on the pine and watch and observe and be around the NBA lifestyle. That could have done him a lot of good on top of maybe going down to Greensboro a lot more in his second year. You know, I just wonder if that was the right mix. If he would have been going to Greensboro a ton his rookie year, stayed down there and played a lot his sophomore year, I wonder if he has the same kind of development or if each different emphasis has brought this Dwayne Bacon. Does Dwayne look like this if Steve Clifford didn't have him sit and learn the NBA lifestyle? I think if you asked coaches, they would probably tell you that certain players, and this is not this is not just reserved for NBA players, reserved for all learners. Like some people are doers and some people are, they learn by watching, they learn by taking everything in. And I think, a big part of player development, if that's a focus of your, you know, sort of coaching um, milieu, then you you have to understand like, is this player somebody that's going to benefit from from tactile learning, or is this player somebody that's going to benefit from watching? It was interesting to hear Devonte Graham's answer about the G League. He talked about how it was humbling, how. It just didn't seem to have the same type of excitement of going down to the G League like a Dwayne Bacon did when he was talking at the podium yesterday. P.J. Washington had a similar answer to what Dwayne Bacon did, and that P.J. Washington said, "Hey, if I got to go to the if I've got to go to the swarm, I don't deem that as a punishment. I, that's a great way to kind of hone in on your skill uh, skills and kind of learn about the game of basketball." It was funny. So Terry Rozier he talked about his time with the Maine Red Claws, the Boston Celtics G League affiliate, or just playing in the G League that the Boston Celtics sent him down to, and he kind of had the same answer as Devonte Graham. So very 50-50 and what you got Terry Rozier, Devonte Graham didn't love it. It didn't seem like I, I don't know for sure, but it didn't seem like Dwayne Bacon liked it. And P.J. Washington is coming at it with an open mind, at least in his answer that he gave us yesterday. Support the companies that support us like DoorDash. Long day at work, still stuck at the office. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. We've got one more segment we'll come back with after the break. This is Locked on Hornets. Charlotte. How strong is an ox? Are we? I think we're overrating the ox. Uh, we are I, not overrating I, the I ox. Need to see, I need mm. to see some medicals on the ox. Yeah, why don't you do the research on that? You put your lab glasses on. You take a look at it. I wonder if there's mind. anything on the internet. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
Okay, so the Charlotte Hornets recently unveiled a new theme for this year. Have you seen this, Walker? Their new, it's kind of their overarching theme. I have seen it. I'm a fan, and I seem to be the only fan that there is. Really? You, you see, you you think there's been a negative reaction to all fly? This it, oh, it there, comes with a logo. It's a whole like marketing thing. Oh man, you've you've been off Twitter during this month, haven't you? Look, I understand you've been busy, but boy, oh boy, Hornets fans not a fan of all fly and the new theme that they're going with. I am a fan. I like it. I think Nada likes it actually, and there's been a couple of defenders of it, but. The replies to that tweet that announced the all-fly theme were not exactly positive. Okay, so I'm kind of neutral on all things marketing. Like, I, do, I don't think they really matter all that much. But people who do this for a living, who do these logos and these marketing pitches or marketing campaigns, I guess they're called, they really take this stuff seriously. Like whenever anyone comes out with a new logo for a political campaign or like this kind of campaign... It, they always have some truly remark, remarkable marketing speak to explain the meaning behind every color, every shape, every texture that goes along with this. And, and so the Hornets did this as well. They released this, uh, this the, a lot of text on what this all fly means and why they picked the, the text that they picked and the colors they picked. But instead of submitting you to that, I, I think we should play a game of Mad Libs all fly edition. I think we should take this marketing <laughs> speak Drop some words out. You give me a couple of words. Mad Libs, fun game. We all played it as a kid. What do you think, Walker? Are you I, with me? I, I I am with you. I haven't done a Mad Lib in forever. I, I am excited about this. Okay, so I have the full text here. I'm going to drop out a few words of the first paragraph. We'll spread this out over a couple of days. So I'll do. we'll do like a paragraph a day. So first paragraph, I need an adjective, and then I need a plural noun. An ad, all right, uh, adjective first. I'm trying to think of something Hornets themed. Uh, uh, hell, let's go with competitive, Borrego. How about competitive? <laughs> you're, not, you're just so anti-pillar. I am anti-pillar. Competitive is the adjective that we're going to. Okay, that actually. Okay, that actually might work within the context of this paragraph. So try to get, go think a little bit more outside the so, box. So uh, it actually might sound a little. It, it might sound like a that's kind of statement. marketing. Yeah, we're sort of. So we're going for anti-marketing speak okay. in I, the I, marketing text. I've got a noun for you at least. Uh, do I need to go with a different adjective as well? You give me a new adjective. God, you're just messing this up. I, I you know, <laughs> I just I spend this, some time away from the show, and you're still the same old Walker. All right, yeah, <laughs> give me a new adjective and give me a plural well, noun. I, well, I, I've already thought of my plural noun. Now that you mentioned it, how about? Uh, well, I don't even know if this is plural. How about grape jelly? Does that work? Grape oh jelly is the God. noun I was going to get. A plural go. noun. This isn't hard. Why are you making this so hard? I tried to make it themed with the show. All right, um, grape jelly. We'll do um, grape jelly sandwiches. Grape okay, jelly that's, sandwiches. That's exactly that's what I want. Plural grape jelly noun. sandwiches. Okay, give me an adjective. Uh, sticky. Okay, sticky is the adjective. Grape jelly nouns. Uh, oh, grape jelly nouns. Grape jelly. You're messing me. Oh my god, you got me so off my game. Hey, that grape one's on you. Jelly sandwiches. Okay, here we go. The Charlotte Hornets today unveiled All Fly as their theme for the 2019-20 season. The concept is designed to be uniting and sticky, inviting mm. the team, fans, city, and grape jelly sandwiches. To fly together as one. Oh, all of us fly together. I love it. Mad and Libs the are the best. And grape jelly sandwiches. 
That's a, I love it. I thought it still worked. Competitive, you're right. That was lame. I'm glad you got rid of that. Sticky and grape jelly sandwiches do work a lot better. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Hornets. I'm happy Doug is back. Makes life a lot easier. Makes life a lot better. We will be daily once again to join us tomorrow, October 2nd. We're getting this thing off and rolling. It's the Locked on Hornets podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network. Hiller.